can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense, and 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown, Denver! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness, what a play! Mile High Magic, back at you. Hello, everyone. Happy, what day are we recording this on? It's a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy NFL Combine Week. Uh, Nikki and I doing a long-distance podcast, if you will, today. Uh, You're in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. I'm back at home base in Denver. What have been your biggest takeaways from the uh, NFL Combine? By the way, I should let you know it's uh, 40 degrees and sunny here in Denver. I hate you. It's (laughs) It's <laughs> I cannot escape the snow. I mean, if it's not snowing for 20 days in Denver, I come to Indianapolis and it's snowing and raining here. So whatever. Um, it's interesting this year. They've made some changes to the combine. So the schedule's all different so they can have the events in, in prime time on, tel- on television. So, you know, everything's geared toward TV anymore. It's all a moneymaker. Um, so each year I come, it gets bigger and bigger. But so we heard, we heard from John Elway and Vic Fangio um, yesterday on Tuesday, and they said as much as they could to kind of lay out the agenda for the offseason, um, went into detail about, you know, some veteran players didn't go into much detail about, you know, their plan going forward. They did say that Drew Locke is the guy, you know, in a way that, as they always say, you know, to kind of keep their options open. Um, but he is the guy going forward. And uh, I, I thought they were both in great moods, which I thought was interesting. And maybe because it's they, they haven't seen us in a month um, and they were happy they to us. escape they us. They missed you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we had to do this, like, if, you know, if they had to see me like every day, oh, goodness. <laughs> it is also early in the combine week. Yes. Right. You know, so like they're, they're still feeling good and it's not like, oh, right. my gosh, my liver can't handle another night of this. <laughs> um, you know, so um, the there were several takeaways that, that I want to get into here. And I think several things that you mentioned. And, and I think it's important to note, too, that these press conferences at the Combine are always like I, I feel like you should always take some of them with a grain of salt. Yes, because the the Broncos are doing their best not to give anything away. Right. And and they're also like playing all of their cards while or at least trying to show you all of their cards while really not showing you any of their cards, if that makes any sense. I mean, they don't want to give away any secrets and and they don't want to tip their hand as to what they're doing, but they are obligated by the NFL to meet with the media and to at least tell us some things. Right. They're doing what Patrick Smythe told them to do and nothing more, Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine. I mean, like, you know. It's smart business, I guess. It's not so great when you're trying to write a very nice piece or whatever. But Elway, to his credit, is typically the you know one of the more forthcoming yeah. executives. Um, he is as honest as he can or should be on most topics. On others, you know he's you know gonna hedge or deflect or anything like that. So is Vic. You know he's he's pretty honest sometimes to a fault. Um, so we, we still get quite a bit out of these interviews and the way they do it for, um, the Broncos. And I think this is the case for most teams. So others are a little bit more troublesome. Um, but they speak on the podium and and these are the, 
you know, the interviews that you can see, you know, on live TV. And it's a scrum of however many people want to go there. It's every reporter that is there, really. Um, so can, you can have like 30 people and trying to get a question in is insane. And then they do uh, a separate group um, for just the Denver peeps so we can get some more questions in and more clarification. So. So basically it's like, okay, if you're going to ask about Tom Brady and whether or not the Broncos are interested, do that at the podium. Yes. Yes. And then <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm disappointed you weren't the person to ask that question, by the way. I, I did not ask it. I was I was unsure if I should even tweet it because I, you know the reaction is going to be, oh my God, John Elway is trying to get Tom Brady, right? I mean, how many times are things aggregated and, you know, totally wrong by the time they've been spun 30 different times, so... Yeah, I let Benjamin Albright do it first. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but did Benjamin ask the question or did he tweet the response? No, he just tweeted the response. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. So you made yeah. sure Benjamin did it and then you felt compelled. That yeah, it was, it was already okay. out there at that point. Fair it game. Safe. Yeah. Game on. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, so some of the the more interesting news and and notes, um, and we can start with the quarterback spot, and and that is Drew Locke. And I mean, John Elway basically said what he said at the end of the year press conference that that Locke's gonna be the guy moving forward, right? And I know you and I both both agree on that. And um, I mean, he hasn't come out and said he's our franchise quarterback. He basically said, yeah, we're gonna give him a shot, you know, to to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback, which I think everybody kind of understands. Stands. The question then becomes, what about the backup quarterback and what do they do with that spot? Um, and I thought it was interesting because Joe Flacco's still on the roster. He is still technically a member of the Denver Broncos, even though he's not healthy yet, according to Vic Fangio. But he, Fangio was was honest about it. Like, it doesn't have to be a veteran guy. Um, and so that that statement right there, and he he brought up Brandon Allen, uh, and he brought up Brett Rippon as well, that either one of those guys could end up being Drew Locke's backup entering 2020. Well, yeah, he said that, and then Elway kind of contradicted him <laughs> in, the, in the separate scrum. <laughs> Which is always media, great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Vic got up there, and he... He did say that uh, Joe Flacco has not been medically cleared, which is true. Um, he did have a, another MRI, and he's been seeking a second opinion from um, another specialist, and they're kind of waiting on that to see if he should continue to play. I mean, he he said he wanted to play at season's end, but he also don't, he's got five little kids. He doesn't want to risk his health for this, and he's well set up for the, for the future. So He's um, made some money. Yeah. So, And that's a big part of it. I mean – if you cut him before he's medically cleared, you're going to have to reach a settlement and that could end up being, you know, more than what he's due this season because he's technically got two years left and then two voidable years that, you know, from the time they restructure their contract. So they got to wait till he's clear. And then I would imagine they just, they cut him, um, you know, unless Joe suddenly decides that he's okay being Drew Locke's backup. Um, he never said he was against it, but you could tell he just didn't, wasn't really feeling that role if he had a chance to do more somewhere else. I don't know that he'll have a chance to start anywhere else, but you never know. Um, but at, at his number, it's it's just too exorbitant for a backup. Um, Brandon Allen's a restricted free agent, so they would have to tender him or just do right of first refusal and you know um, keep him if nobody else signs him to an offer sheet. Brett Rippon signed a, a futures contract, but remember he was Rich Gangarello's guy. Um, that was 
that was a player that Rich really saw as um, the next Nick Mullins that he could mold into, uh, you know, really as a good backup, if not a, a, a really, you know, just good player overall. Um, so I'm not sure that Pat Shermer will feel the same way about him. Um, and then in the, the separate Denver scrum, um, John Elway said they would look at all the options, but he kind of would prefer a veteran, you know, somebody who um, gives you that assurance that he can step in and has the experience and won't be flustered, but can also help Drew Locke. And, you know, if there's a, likely a third younger quarterback in there, help him too. You know, and I think part of like when I look at Joe Flacco, I don't know that I want him being the guy to mentor Drew Locke. I I just I really don't. Like it doesn't Joe said all the right things the last time he met with the media on Locker Cleanout Day, the day after the the season finale. But I just don't know that that's the guy that you want mentoring the guy who you expect to be the franchise, you know? And so I think that they're right. I think that John's right in terms of they should get a veteran. I don't think Joe Flacco should be that veteran. Right. Um, I think you want a guy who is experienced, who's played in the league. You're not going to get a guy who has been, you know, a five-year starter who's now willing to take a backup role. That's probably not going to happen. But you can get a guy who you can feel good about, who's going to understand the game plan, who's going to not freak out when he goes into an NFL game for the first time and who can show Drew Locke how to be a pro and and how to be a professional. And yes, Joe Flacco can do all of those things. I'm just not so sure that you want that guy to be the, the mentor for your young quarterback. I mean, I, I've always just kind of thought of like a Brian Hoyer type or Josh McCown who knows his roles late in his career and isn't um, afraid to help out. A younger kid. Um, you know, I think Brian Hoyer doesn't get enough credit for how much he helped the Patriots in the Super Bowl over the Rams. I mean, he he watched a lot of um, what Vic's defense did and used that quite a bit and told Tom Brady and Belichick. So, I mean, it's, oh, my God, you have a dog in your lap, and that's just freaking adorable. This, How do you get so big? <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's been eating a lot. Jeez, Sorry, I thought I she was mean a mini. Inter- I didn't mean to interrupt you mid-sentence with uh, with Wayne. Yeah, the doodles just get making me. an appearance on the FaceTime. <laughs> Back to Bill and Brian Hoyer. <laughs> um, but now he's he's a guy I would that type of player is the one I would think of. Although yes. it's an interesting free agent market for quarterbacks. I mean, Marcus Mariota maybe his play slipped in Tennessee. Is he looking at a backup role now? Could he be an option? Um, He's got talent. If you want to go with Drew Locke, he's got experience. You just have to make sure he's not, you know, he's okay with that role. Right, right. It's got to be a guy who can come in and know that he is going to be the backup. Right. And is okay with being the backup. I think that's really, really important because you don't want drama there. And you don't want this guy trying to usurp what you're trying to do with, with Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. And and that cannot be the case because I think that would be worst case scenario um, yeah. for this team. So. Yeah. So quarterback was one – that was a big thing, the backup quarterback. I feel like we're always talking about a quarterback every year no matter what, um, even when they do sort of have their starter figure it out. Um, but there's so many holes throughout the rest of the roster. I mean, I still think both lines, you know, you need – you need 
an upgrade in starter town and reserves. Um, The lines are depleted and that is the area that concerns me the most. I know everybody wants to get a speed receiver and I think they will eventually get somebody who can go opposite of Cortland Sutton. But when I look at this team as a whole, the lines, especially the offensive Mm -hmm. line, but, but the defensive line too, man, they, they're just really, really shallow there on, Mm -hmm. on both ends. And John Elway said they haven't decided what they're going to do on Garrett Bowles and his fifth year option, which leads me to believe that they're going to try and get better at that spot before they make a decision and tie themselves to Bowles for another year. Yeah. I mean, the deadline's May 2nd after the draft. So there's no reason to do it beforehand. Um, You know, I, I, I don't, they're not going to pick up the option. It just doesn't make sense, but they do. I mean, that's such an important position that they do have to figure out what they're doing there. And then they also have to figure out what they're doing at starting center. Connor McGovern's up and, uh, Elway said they're going to decline Ron Leary's option. So he's not coming back. So there's right guard. So there's, you know, at least two starting positions you got to figure out. And, you know, Garibalds has one year left. You know, if you decide to make an upgrade this year, then, you know, fine. You can cut them. It's not an exorbitant cost. Um, but that's, I mean, those are significant positions. Three, Possibly three starters on the offensive line. You know, at least two on the defensive line. Um, so, yeah. So, but back to the options, Ron Leary is the one they're declining it. Um, mm-hmm. There were four guys, Vaughn Miller, Todd Davis, Brandon McManus, uh, and Ron Leary. Leary is the only one they're going to decline. Um, the others they're going to exercise. But that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be on the roster in September or they'll mm-hmm. be back. Vaughn will. Um, Brandon, you know, again, I always come back to who you're going to replace him with. You know, could he have been better in clutch situations? Absolutely. But he's still a damn good kicker um, and better than most of the league in my mind. Brandon, uh, Todd Davis, however, um, his option is only $500,000. Um, and he's got what, $5 million. That's his salary for mm-hmm. 2020. So that's nothing. I mean, they could cut him easily if they and, find an upgrade. Yeah. And you never know when they're going to find that upgrade. Cause yeah. you look at a guy like Alexander Johnson, you know, and obviously he was on the roster yeah. heading into last year, but they didn't expect him to have the type of season that he had. So, I mean, that's a spot where they probably feel like Josie Jewell hasn't done enough. Um, but, but you could go find somebody, some, let me, let me put that a different way. Someone could make a mark and give you a reason to cut Todd Davis. Right. Um, but, but when you look at Todd, I mean, he had a fantastic year last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, occur- he, he has trouble in coverage. Yes. That's, I get that's it. always going to be the knock though, is that's you know, the he, knock. He put up serious numbers in Vic Stevens. A lot of guys did. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of his defense for the players individually, but they, his play in coverage, it's a struggle. And Josie Jewell, you know, good player, but he struggles even more in coverage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and Vic said outright, that is a position they would like to add to. But as as you pointed out, who? You know, they, they passed on Devin Bush last year. And the, the linebacker talent this year isn't, you know, nobody jumps out like Devin White and Devin Bush did last year. That's not to say there's not, you know, a gem in there at all, but... You know, right now there's not an obvious choice. And if they go to the free agent market, they're going to overspend for, you know, somebody who probably really isn't worth that, like a Corey Littleton yeah. type, you know? Yeah, I think that's another interesting spot and to see what they're going to do there. 
Um, but, but again, as I mentioned, the, the priorities for me would obviously be offensive and, and defensive line. And, and then they've got to figure out what they're going to do with, with Justin Simmons. And mm-hmm. John Elway said that they are going to franchise him um, if they can't reach a long-term deal. And you and I actually had a chance to talk to Justin uh, earlier today via phone. He's down in Florida um, hanging out. That's where he spends his off seasons uh, with his family, his wife, Taryn, and, and their beautiful baby girl, Lainey. And um, we had a chance to, to talk to him earlier today. So we wanted to play some of that conversation for you. We ran the gamut of, uh, of things to talk about with Justin Simmons. And here's a little bit of that conversation uh, with the soon-to-be free agent safe. Well, Justin... I'm here in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. You had a pretty impressive Combine um, before the Broncos drafted you. What do you remember most about that time? Um, I remember getting no sleep. Uh, <laughs> that was probably, like, you know, my most fond and, like, recent memory. I remember how overwhelming it was. But um, I also remember how fun it was to compete. Uh, those are one of the, you know, one of the things – that I think I also enjoyed the most was kind of going out there the best of the best. And, you know, obviously you weren't playing football, but you're going out there and competing for, you know, it's just like a big interview for a job. And um, that was kind of my, you know, my, my taking point away from that. You know, you can say everything you want to say, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, the, the numbers and what you can prove on the field. And so um, that was probably, you know, one of the fun things, about the about that event so <clears throat> how would your numbers now stack up to your numbers at the combine oh i don't know that's a great question uh because it's it's such different prep work um you know i remember when i was training for the combine like i've never done any of those workouts before and i don't think i'll do most of them after um it's such different unique uh you know programs uh workouts in a, in a regime that, um, or like, you know, the regiment that like, you just like never really prepare for that again. Um, and so I would say like, I'm in different type of shape, you know, like now my body is kind of, um, a- adjusting and adapting year in and year out to longevity instead of, you know, like a quick two hour explosive, um, making sure, you know, uh, my body's like in the right, I guess, like, position for that, if that makes sense. Do you still have the 40-inch vert? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, probably, I probably still have some of that. You know, I feel like as the years go by and, and probably playing every snap doesn't help, but uh, as the years <laughs> go by, you might lose maybe a little bit of it, but I'd like to think I still have it. <laughs> what, are the, what are the interviews like with teams when you go into, like, a hotel room and you got, you know, coaches, executives all around? Um that that just sounds stressful. <laughs> yeah, um, I've never gotten I never got any crazy questions like questions that have nothing to. I mean, we've all know the type of questions there. At least some of the players have come out and said the type of questions they've been asked. I never got questions like that, but um, I feel like honestly, like just like most of the combine, it's really just a test of your character and see how you respond and like, I guess like unorthodox scenarios and so like a lot of the questions a lot of the questions I got were football related but like you know some teams do it differently some teams give you a bunch of positive feedback and I guess see how you respond to that some teams give you a bunch of negative feedback and see how you respond to that some teams just open up the chalkboard and 
write down X's and O's and see if you can remember a play. And then at the end of the meeting, ask you to recite the play back to them. Like, it's really just, I guess, like the team's, um, you know, like point of view, like what they're looking to get out of this conversation um, to see, like, if you're worth picking up on whatever round, if you happen to fall that deep. So that's, that's my, it could be totally not that, but that's just my thought process on it. Did you meet with the Broncos? Nope. I didn't meet. I think the only time I met with the Broncos was, like, and it was really weird, like, the whole process. Like, I didn't talk to anyone. I think I talked to one scout, and we didn't even talk. He came up to me and said, is this information correct? And I looked it over, and I said, yep, and then he left. Like, that was the only contact I had with the Broncos throughout my whole time and, like, the process. That's always so nuts that these teams, like, you, you you hear about how much they spend in the pre-draft process, and then, like, they don't even meet with you, and then all of a sudden you're you're selected by them. That's, that's so crazy. How much as a current player do you pay attention to what's going on in Indy, if at all? Yeah, I don't really pay attention to it at all. Like, if I tune in, it may be to watch some, you know, fellow – um, Boston College Eagles and see how they're competing and how they're doing and just supporting them or maybe some other guys that I may know um, that I know are at the Combine and, you know, just supporting them. But I don't pay much attention to it um, just because, you know, and in all honesty, it's not going to make or break you. Um, obviously, it can raise your draft stock. It can definitely bump you down some too. But at the end of the day, it's what you can produce on the football field, not necessarily numbers on, you know, like, athleticism testing scores and so um with that being said you know i I don't really pay much attention to it but um i I will support some guys if i know they're in it do you know aj Dillon? i don't know him directly like i don't we talked a couple times but yeah he's a he's a he's a buddy or getting to know him buddy i guess Mm -hmm. so you don't have a preference on who the broncos should draft at number 15 then is what you're saying right or do you? Yeah. No, I, I would say I, I don't really. Um, I know, at least from what I've heard or, like, you know, I somewhat pay attention to what people put out there. Uh, I hear, obviously, uh, everyone's looking at a speedy receiver at 15 or I guess maybe another offensive lineman um, at 15. I, I, or maybe, like, I hear a lot of people saying we're going to kind of use free agency to build up um, the defense and maybe the draft to help – you know, stock the offense around Drew. Like, I I hear a whole bunch of different things. And honestly, like, um, you know, I know Vic has a great eye for that stuff. And obviously, um, you know, I think Elway's done a great job the past couple drafts and the guys that he's gotten, um, you know, myself being one of them. And so um, I have full trust in, you know, the guys in the office that they'll set us up to be as successful as, um, as we can be. And so it's just our job to go out there and execute. You've been watching the Democratic debates, man. That was a pretty, uh, pretty political answer there toward the end. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I, you would say you would say I'm pretty well trained. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, obviously you're you've got the free agent situation going on, and John L.A. said yesterday that they, you know, would use the franchise tag on you guys if you can't reach a long-term deal. What is the latest in that, and are you happy with the direction that seem, uh, that things seem to be going in? Um, you know, I think there's 
I think there's a lot of different ways I could go about saying that. You know, at the end of the day, I will say this. As the person that I am, um, I feel like it's a it's a I, like good problem to have, you know, like we're talking about getting franchised or doing a long-term deal. You know, if we are franchised, it's somewhere around 13 for the year. Um, obviously, a long-term deal, you know, sets you up for, obviously, you know, a future and stuff like that. And so um, I think either way, um, just the guy that I am, you know, the, the Lord has a plan and it'll work out to glorify his name and further his kingdom. But with that also being said, I would love to get a long-term deal done. Um, like Elway said, you know, he thinks he's, he feels like we're confident that we will be. It just has to be fair, and it does. It just has to be fair um, for both sides. You know, I think not a lot of times you're you're able to get what you're worth, and I feel like this is an opportunity and a time to get um, what I'm worth or what I feel like I'm worth, and I feel like that's important. And, um, you know, with that being said, uh, I know you don't pay players for their stuff um, that they that you do, um, off the field or, or anything like that. But I just feel like, you know, from the top down, um, you know, not just myself, but, you know, my family and, and then everything that we support, um, you know, we've just always been nothing but uh, I feel like a positive impact on the community there in Denver and just having such a great impact. And I feel like we've just done um, a a pretty good job at just trying to be everything that we've understood that the Broncos have always embodied. And we've just tried our best to emulate that. You know, guys like, you know, DeMarcus Ware, obviously Von Miller, Chris Harris, like all these guys that have come uh, come before me and they've kind of been the embodiment of what it is to be a Denver Broncos. Like we've tried to emulate that and have, it's not always been great, but I feel like we've done a great job. And so, um, you know, I feel like those types of people should be rewarded and maybe, and that's, you know, through the franchise tag, and hopefully it's through a long-term deal. But um, that's just something, you know, we, we're looking forward to kind of, um, you know, getting ready to and uh, get ready to, I guess, kind of celebrate. And hopefully it's the long-term deal aspect of it. What is a priority for you in your next deal um, anywhere? Is it, I mean, do you, do you go into this thinking, you know, I want top average pay? I want, you know, guarantees of the length of contract. I mean, Knowing the Broncos have the, some leverage in, in keeping you here with a tag, I mean, how do you make sure you get um, what's important to you out of the contract? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, like, I want to go where I'm wanted. And so, um, you know, it's nice to – it's nice that obviously – I'm excuse me, that I'm wanted where, uh, you know, my career started and that um, it's still kind of that same – yeah, I guess, like, understanding of, like, yeah, we still want you. We still want you to, you know, keep playing here and to keep making plays um, for us here and to bring a championship back to Denver. And so that's uh, that's always a great feeling. Um, and then in that same regard, it's like, you know, I, I want to go where I'm wanted, but I want to go where I'm wanted and where it's, it's fair, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, you know, obviously uh, Elway just spoke on that at the, you know, meeting that he had and, in the combine, but, um, you know, it has to be fair on both sides. And, and, um, you know, I would agree, I'd agree on that. Like I, you know, I want it to be fair. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, like do anything. I'm the team first guy, but 
and it also just has to be fair because you don't have an opportunity like, you know, like this all the time where you're able to kind of get what you deserve. Um, and that's just the nature of the NFL. You know, you see guys sit out all the time. You see players get taken advantage of. Um, you know, I, I think Kirk Cousins three years in a row, right, played under the franchise mm-hmm. tag and, um, you know, eventually went on to get a, a pretty big deal. But um, that's three years in a row, you know, kind of like betting on himself and knowing that, you know, he can – do what he does, and it worked out. In some cases, it doesn't always work out. So, um, you know, it's always just this fine line of, like, what you think is fair and, you know, what you're willing to do to to get what you believe is fair. And, um, you know, it's just a – it's always a unique situation. You never know what's going to happen. And so um, that's why for us, you know, we just kind of lean on um, our faith in that aspect like we do almost everything else, and we know that it will all work out you know, for the glory of the Lord and that um, it'll just, it'll be great when it does too. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, Justin, you mentioned you're with CAA. Uh, the Broncos like what they out of some guys at CAA, including obviously Richard Tato, who they went out and hired. Um, I know you're with Todd France, but obviously Rich and Todd have a good relationship. What was your relationship like with Rich and how closely, if at all, did you work with him and what is that going to be like now that he's on the other side? Yeah. Well, it was it was great. I mean, Rich was awesome. I got to know him, um, obviously, all of not this past – well, this past season, but the season before that as well when I first signed with CAA. And um, he was obviously being a player's advocate and speaking on my behalf for the Broncos, you know, for the past uh, basically two years. And um, it's great. I mean, first and foremost, like, I loved Rich, man. He's an awesome guy. Um, you know, I've learned so much just from him and kind of the business side of things and – um, I thought he was great. And obviously, Todd, you know, his resume speaks for himself. He's a great guy. Obviously, he knows what he's doing and hiring people like Rich and having them work, you know, with him exclusively on stuff like that. And so um, it's an exciting time for us. You know, I think, uh, um, I think you know, L.A. hiring Rich uh, kind of just proves that, you know, CAA has the people, the right people in their corner kind of doing um, stuff on their end and if anything too you know rich kind of speaking on my behalf for the past two years now he's with the broncos um you know i, I feel like now you can't kind of go back on what you know what i mean like you, you it's almost like an argument with yourself now um so he knows exactly how much you're worth so right yeah, yeah don't for, don't forget all the good things you said about me rich yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean and and that's and that's just the business like i said you know he's a great friend and that's just the business side of things you know it's it's still the same stuff you know you kind of can't go back on on um on what you were saying that you know the past two years now and um it's just it was just it's just crazy how it all works and um you know hopefully with Rich being there, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe that's a little extra, you know, bump in terms of getting a long-term deal done, but uh, hopefully that's the case. So, Have you been able to stay in contact with, you know, some of the other guys whose deals are up, like Chris and Will and Shelby, Derek, any of those guys? Yeah, um, actually, Will and I were um, just at a conference together in San Diego, uh, PAO, um, you know, player, uh professional athletes outreach uh mm-hmm. and uh uh we talked out there um you know i talked to uh chris a couple times um met up with shelby down in miami and we talked a little bit so caught up with a few of them how is this you know being or soon to be on the open market we'll see um 
with a lot of other guys on the team. Um, do you guys talk about it much? Um, is it help, or is it just kind of you all know this is part of the business and you kind of go through it? Yeah, we talked about it. Um, you know, we obviously all understand it's part of the business, and, uh, you know, it's it's all about understanding your value and, and your worth, right? Like, Shelby had a career year. I mean, man, he tore it up. And so, um, you know, I can't speak for Shelby, but I know he wants to get exactly what he deserves, right? And so if the Broncos can do that for him, then great. And if not, then, you know, I – Feel like another team definitely would, and um, that's not a knock on you know the relationships he's built in Denver. That's not a knock on the coaching staff that he may uh, that he loves in Denver, but uh, it's just the nature of the business and trying to get what you know, trying to get what you deserve. And like I said, not a lot of guys have the opportunity to do that, and it's hard to stay you know the best avail the best of um, ability is availability, and so it's hard to stay healthy. Um, it's hard to put it around like a solid career and, um, you know, especially a guy like Shelby who's kind of been through it, um, you know, in terms of free agencies and all that stuff, like he deserves to have an opportunity to get paid. And um, that's the type of stuff we talk about, you know, Will in the same breath, you know, um, both Will and I um, been together, obviously, since we came in, you know, Will's kind of played all over the place, kind of showing his versatility, his value. And so um, he could definitely do a great job at a starting safety position so if a team um you know wants to wants to give him that i feel like he you know he deserved that he's proven that he can do that so um it's really just you know like i said it's all situational it's all unique but um it's awesome you know at least selfishly going through this um time and having uh, guys that are kind of going through the same thing and you know all leaning on each other well i can tell you this and i can speak for nikki and probably the rest of the Denver media we want all you guys back man in in that locker room like that that group of free agents in particular, you're like, oh, no, we want all those guys back. You guys are, are a joy to talk to in the locker room. And, again, we appreciate you giving us time, some time today. Um, Justin, what's going through your mind when you're sitting there and, and watching the Chiefs go on their Super Bowl run uh, like we saw in, in this postseason? What's that like for you? Uh, I was pissed. Um, yeah, I mean, just to put it bluntly, I was so upset. And I and like – and I know how that goes, right? Like, I wasn't mad at, like, any of the players, right? I mean, it's so hard to earn a championship, and, like, it's uh, and it's well-deserving. Like, it's not like they weren't deserving. They're a great team, and I actually have a couple guys on that team that um, I talked to, uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, one of the guys that I look up to, and, um, I mean, his story is incredible, and the generations he's, he'll be able to aspire from his story is um, what I care more about, but... Um, just in terms of them being in the same division, you know, it's, it's the team itself, like the organization, them being in the same division, um, you know, us playing them twice a year. And um, I know people, you know, people say like, oh, it's great that they won. It proves that our division is this, that, and the other. But like, I don't want to see someone else in our division win unless it's us, you know, like I want to be the only team that wins in our division. And so, um, you know, I was really pulling for the Niners. thought they had a, obviously a great shot of doing it, but, um, you know, just didn't get it done. Um, but, however, you know, in that same breath, um, you know, they worked hard. They're a great team. And, um, you know, now it's our turn. So You've you've played them now seven times, knowing you'll have to go through them um, to get anywhere. I mean, from what you've watched from them, um, what you experienced in facing them, how do you beat this team? 
I mean, what will it take for the Broncos um, to have, you know, what they need to be able to defeat the Chiefs defense? Yeah. I mean, it is going to take a complete team effort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I think there are a bunch of teams that have, like, that have had the blueprint, right, that have beaten them a couple times. I mean, um, at first and foremost, it's going to take a great defensive effort. Uh, you know, a lot of the times when they get in shootouts, like, it really just comes down to whoever has the ball last and if they have enough time on the clock to kind of get it done. Um, but you're going to have to have a great defensive effort. You're going to have to limit their possessions and give your team more possessions, taking the ball away, giving the offense more time to um, do what it is that they do best. You know, the Niners run the ball really well, and I felt like they, you know, executed that well in the first half but kind of got away from it when, um, you know, the Chiefs started scoring and, and things like that. But you got to be able to take the ball away. you got to be able to have, a um, you know, a great run game and be able to hold the ball possession-wise, time-wise on offense. And then on special teams, you got to win that battle because um, a lot of the time when things aren't clicking for them on offense, they get great field position by special teams. And, you know, you never want to give a great offensive team good field position anyways. So um, it's kind of, I mean, you know, I hate to give that answer, but it's kind of the embodiment of a full team effort. Mm-hmm. Last one for me, um, you know, from what you experienced in year one in Vic's defense um, and knowing the players who are most likely going to be back, um, did did one thing or a couple things kind of give you hope that the Broncos are close to kind of turning this around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, obviously starting the season 0-4, right, moving some pieces around, um, you know, ending the season going uh, – seven and nine. Um, I just think, you know, we kind of found our groove. And then even in that, you know, there are some games where it's like, wow, this team is really good. But then we just couldn't put it all together. You know, I think about the Vikings. We were up 20 to nothing at halftime and coming back in the second half and just completely imploding. Um, You know, good teams find ways to win games and close out games, right? Then you go and you look at the Texans game. I mean, like that game from, you know, pretty much, like, besides a little bit of the third quarter from beginning to end was, like, really, really well played on all three sides of the football. And so, like, I feel like the foundation of it is there. We're kind of finding our groove where, you know, um, but now we got to put it all together. You know, we got to play a complete game. we got to find ways to close out those one-score, um, one-possession games that we lost last year. You know, instead of losing those, we've got to find ways to win them. Um, and that's just what it comes down to. So I'm excited to see the growth that we, that we have, um, you know, saying that being hopeful that I'm back and uh, uh, just excited for that. Justin, you're a real, a real cerebral dude. How much are you paying attention to what's going on right now? But uh, in terms of the labor negotiations, 17 games, uh, adding another team to the playoffs, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, um, honestly, I know. So I'm I'm getting more involved um, with uh, the NFLPA, and I know I, I have a um, I have a meeting that I'm going to um, I think in March, beginning of March at some point, and I'm going to go meet up, and uh, we're going to discuss some things there. But um, just off the top of my head, I mean, uh, you know, I saw it was the, you know the big deal on, on on Twitter, and I talked to you know a um, couple guys about it, but. Having that uh, that seventeenth game and you know getting really pretty much like underpaid for it. I mean that's just like a 
I don't even know why that would even be a discussion, at least for, you know, like on the player side of things, like, um, I, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, you know, why players would agree to that. Um, and there's a whole, a whole bunch of different things, you know, like, like I said, it just, obviously it just has to be fair, you know, fair for the players fighting for what's right, knowing your worth. Um, that's, it's important, you know, and, um, it's hard when, not everyone makes the same money, right? Um, it's hard to, to kind of come to that agreement. But if we all come to the same agreement and um, fight for what's right and fight for what we're worth, um, you know, I think we'll make this game great, not only for us, but for the generations to come way after us. And that's what's really important. Would you like to be um, a, a player's rep at some point in the future? Is that a goal of yours? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a goal. I think, uh, you know, having learned under... Um, BMAC and just seeing like, you know, his, his, like kind of, you know, really his passion for, um, you know, his peers around the league and wanting to fight for what's right and wanting to fight for the worth of, um, you know, the players all around the league and seeing how many other guys around the league are kind of stepping up under that role too. Um, it just shows you how important that is. And I think um, that's something that I want to be a part of, you know, I don't know if, I would necessarily, you know, whatever, be like the outspoken guy about it, but it's something that I want to be in the room with and feel like I can help kind of um, evolve this thing and, and to get it to where we want it to go. Well, Justin, man, you're, you're, you're one of the best, dude, and we really appreciate the time and looking forward to seeing what happens uh, here in the next couple of weeks as we enter free agency. And uh, I know I know I can speak and say that I'll have my fingers crossed at you back in but Nikki and I get the chance to uh, to cover you next year and for the years to come. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It, it's always uh, a pleasure talking with you guys. And so um, I really appreciate it. So thank you again. A lot of really good stuff there from Justin. And uh, as we said during the interview, appreciate him kind of taking the time out to uh, to chat with us. And Nikki, it's interesting. Like he's one of those guys where – John always said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna franchise him." They clearly want to keep Justin Simmons, and they've been open about that uh, really all off season. Um, and then the question becomes: Okay, if they keep him, then what happens to some of those other guys who are also free agents? Guys like Shelby Harris, guys like Chris Harris. You know, I mean, we mentioned the defensive line and some of those guys, and obviously Shelby fits into that category. But then you got to worry about what the rest of that secondary looks like. Um, and of course, another guy too in that secondary that we talked about with Justin is Will Parks. Yeah, yeah, they still have a lot of decisions to make on guys that are clear starters or basically starters, and in, in nickel like Will Parks. Um, Chris Harris, I, I'm still leaning toward, you know, he's gone. I mean, there's still like a month before the start of free agency. A lot could change. Um, and I would imagine the agents and the Broncos, they have some sort of discussion here at the Combine. Um, but, you know, Chris is a big piece. You know, if he's not back, do you go out and get a veteran like Byron Jones or something? Or do you get Byron Jones anyway and just let Chris go? Do you try to keep both? I mean, because you have to consider Bryce Callahan – Mm-hmm. You know, he's still rehabbing from a second foot surgery. So Callahan's kind of like the forgotten guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like- and he's such a wild card too, because he can really affect what they do in free agency. They could have like no starting cornerbacks. If they don't feel com- confident about Bryce Callahan, he's got a roster bonus due in mid March. So, the, I mean, there's, there's kind of a lot at stake there. It's just kind of crazy to me that this unit, which 
was kind of the staple of their defense with guys mm-hmm. like Chris and Akeeb and Roby. And now it's just, it could be completely barren. Um, so Chris is a big one. Shelby Harris, you know, is due for a big payday after last year. Derek Wolf, they're going to have to decide on. He's late in his career, probably his last contract. I know he wants to be back. Um, and Adam Gotsis is coming off a major knee surgery, another major mm-hmm. knee surgery. So there's a lot lot there, too. So, yeah, they, they got their work cut out for them. The good news for the Broncos is they have the means to really um, make this roster as they want. I mean, at least nine picks with the Ron Leary – um, with his option being declined, they got probably close to $70 million in cap space. So they have the room. And the most important thing there, too, is you have you, – you feel like you have your quarterback, right? Right. So, like, you don't have to worry about that. That is such a relief and such a different spot than they have been in. Sure, they felt, you know, quote-unquote good about Case Keenum and good about Joe Flacco and whatever. But but now you feel like you have a guy for the long term who you can build around. And now that that spot's taken care of, that is one really nice thing for the Broncos, in addition to the fact that they have so much money yeah. that they can spend. And that's always been the biggest missing piece. You can't win without – a quarterback. And yes, everybody loves to say, well, Peyton Manning wasn't that good in 2015. Peyton Manning was smart enough to overcome a lot mm-hmm. of things that other quarterbacks just aren't. So even when he, you know, is older and hurt, he's still able to mask a lot of deficiencies up front. Um, so they're in a good spot, but they got a lot of work to do this offseason. Yeah, it's going to be busy, um, and uh, and I think that's going to make for some good conversations, some good podcasts uh, as we continue here and keep you updated here on Mile High Magic. One one final thing I do want to mention before we log off, I love Justin Simmons' answer when I asked him about the Chiefs, and he was like, he's like, I was pissed. I know. I you was. Know? You don't hear that. Justin does not curse. No. I was like, oh my no. goodness. He said a curse right. word. Yeah. For a guy to be that honest and for that guy to say that, I, I loved his reaction, yeah. and, and I imagine Broncos country is going to love that too. Oh, yeah. Um, because I know a lot of them felt the way the way that he did. Yep. And Justin's a guy still, I mean, if you're not going to pay Justin Simmons, who are you going to pay? You know, and I felt the way, yeah. that same way about Chris Harris. I mean, they are the model players, so they deserve Pay him. Yep. Pay him. That's what's going to happen. Lock him down. Get a long-term deal done and uh, mm-hmm. avoid all that franchise nonsense. So, We'll, of course, keep you updated as to uh, what's going on in Broncos country. You can follow Nikki at Nikki Javala. You can follow me at MichaelCBS4 on Twitter. And uh, as always, appreciate you guys uh, logging on, listening to the episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. That not only uh, helps us, but it helps everybody else in Broncos country find this podcast. And we appreciate you guys for that. Until next time, we'll see, catch you later on on Mile High Magic.